I'm Shannon. I'm Emma. And welcome to This Podcast Doesn't Exist. <laughs> yep, we don't exist. Especially this morning. Woo! <laughs> it's another morning cast, my friends. Ba, 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 ba. You know what I realized, Emma, what? is that back in the beginning, we used to do like a quick little blurb of what our podcast was about, and we haven't been doing that. I oh. don't know if we wanted to do that. <laughs> um, Shannon and I are best friends. We talk about weird stuff all the time. We This is all about unsolved mysteries and weird things about the world. What is our tagline? Uh, yeah, something along the, the, the unknown, the unsolvable, the spooky ooky. Oh, I like this. I like the spooky ooky. Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted by the tentacles on your shirt. Oh, yeah, I got a new shirt. They're so fun. So we went to, for the 4th of July... Me and Archie went down to my parents' house, which is uh, in Williamsburg, Virginia. And we went to Yorktown Beach because Archie is an ocean boy and needs the needs the ocean. And so we went to the beach in Yorktown, but I had forgotten a shirt to wear over my bathing suit. Oh, I was like, um, ma'am? <laughs> yeah, no, I was, it's not a nude beach. Uh <laughs> Um, no, I'd forgotten a shirt to wear over my bathing suit. I just wore my bathing suit in, like, a, like, a wrap skirt, Mm -hmm. um, because it was also, like, super hot. And then we tried to go to lunch, and I couldn't get in without something to cover... You got bounced. Yeah, without something to cover Ah! my, uh, cover my bathing suit, which I found weird, because it's like... How dare you have skin? Okay, it's a biker bar, too. Like, I could wear a halter top in there, and they wouldn't have cared, but, Look, like... rules are rules, Emma. And so, because rules are rules, we walked all... Because we were at one side of the beach. We walked all the way down to, like, the main portion of Yorktown to the, like, corner store, whatever, where they sell all the souvenirs. Mm-hmm. And this shirt is an XL. I am not an XL, but it fits me really nice. I'm really... <laughs> New sleep shirt. <laughs> it's my sleep shirt. Or like lazy but day shirt. It says, it says, release the crack in Yorktown, Virginia, and it has printed uh, tentacles on the arms, and it makes me really happy. Also, it's on the back. I like it. Yeah. I feel like Cheryl and Kai need that shirt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> for their pirate-themed situation. You know what? I I should. I should just get one for, for Kai. Just be like, here you go. P.O. Box. Yeah. Done. But I, I do like it. It is my new favorite shirt. Still mad that I had to buy a shirt in order to get into a biker bar in order to buy lunch, but, you know. But you followed whatever. the rules. I which did. We appreciate. I did. Um, And maybe we'll do the Kraken someday. Sea monsters. The Kraken? situation. Now I just want to watch Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, that's never a bad idea. Like, one idea. through three. Four and five are a little... There's a fifth? I'm pretty sure. Do I need to pull up Disney Plus right now? No. No. We'll look at it later, but, like... I... I don't know. There's at least a fourth one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that I that I believe. I don't think I've ever seen anything... Like, I don't think I've even seen, seen the third. <gasps> what? I know it's so good. Yeah. I've heard I've heard that, but I still haven't. Talk about a bisexual awakening. Anyway, moving on. We've established people... I'm very straight when yeah, it comes to my media. It's true. But people dressed as pirates is one of those things that when you see it in a movie you're like, yeah. And in real life you'd be like, ooh, you're smelly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is not related at Sorry, all. Sorry, guys. Emma. Yeah. 
I don't think you have too much direct experience with today's topic, so I'm going to ask you this, which it'll make sense in a minute. Okay. But I really want to know, did you ever have a nun as a teacher for your high school English class? Not high school. No? No. Middle school, yes, but not high school. Okay. Did you like your high school English teachers? Um, I liked one of them. Uh, one of them actually got suspended for slapping a kid <laughs> my senior year of high school. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she had anger management issues. <laughs> okay, well, d- the one that didn't slap a child. Yeah. Tell me about them real quick. Um, she taught me the word cattywampus, which is a word for off-kilter. That's all we need to know. Okay, great. Well... I hope that you can make Mrs. Caddy Wampus proud <laughs> because I've got a pop quiz for you. Mrs. Caddy Wampus. Are you ready for a pop quiz? Yeah. First of all, we're going to start off with an easy question. Okay. What should our listeners go do while they listen to us? They should go to our Instagram and click the link in our bio to find the bingo card that they can play along while they listen. Um, And hopefully we check off some of those boxes for you so that then you can post it to your Instagram story or even if you feel if you feel the need to to post it to your Instagram wall or whatever it's called. Your grid. 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 I didn't realize that. (laughs) Okay, I'm never on Facebook. I I don't really do. The last time I posted anything on. People don't post on walls anymore. Not like they used to. Ah, the old days. The old days. (laughs) Uh, do you remember pieces of flair on Facebook? No. What? I'm so sorry, you Words. guys. We're so off tangent. <laughs> I'm it's okay. so this confused. Is, I know though. I say this a lot, but this might actually be a shorter episode. So there's more room for flim flam, flom, flim flam, flom. So there, you know how, like Candy Crush. There's a version of it that's like an app on Facebook. Yeah, it's like integrated. So there like was Farmville. App. There was an app called Pieces of Flare, which was essentially a digital, like, bulletin board, and you would pick out or create these little circle, like, virtual buttons and just put them on your little bulletin board, and it was very much, like, bumper stickers for your Facebook, sort of. Like, oh, people God. could look at my flare wall, and they would know, like, who I was as a seventh grader. See, I think that my internet experience is so small in comparison to everyone else's because I hear everything that other people have done with like MySpace and LiveJournal and like all this and I'm like I had I had a Facebook my junior year of high school wow you got late in the game because I had no interest in it really because I was I I'm a very I thought you were gonna say because I had no friends also true That, I mean, I'm a military kid, so we moved so many times right. that, like, I didn't really understand that with Facebook I could reconnect with people because after a certain point, if you don't continue that connection it for feels so weird. long, it feels really I odd. Have, I have reconnected with some of my, like, elementary school best friends on Facebook, and it felt weird and yeah. I have since unfriended them which is why when I when I got Facebook when I like in junior year of, of high school I was like at that point we had already moved we had moved again so the only real reason I got it was to keep in touch with my friends from my sophomore and freshman year mm-hmm. back in Rhode Island so it was like even then it didn't really make sense for me to have 
the only reason I think that Facebook was useful to me was because it was the main reason why Archie could keep in contact with me. And now they're married, yep. ladies and gentlemen. You guys, you gotta get on a Facebook commercial. Make that Facebook money. Oh, it would all be Archie's doing, though. I had, I was not, I'm not good at keeping in touch with people at all. Also, it took you a minute to realize that Archie was very much into you. It was very yeah, I funny. Had no clue. Like all of sophomore year of college, it was like, oh, who are you skyping with them? Oh, my friend Archie. And I was like, mm-hmm. You were like, oh, and I was like, okay. And then I was maid of honor at your wedding. Here we are. Yep. Anywho. Sorry. Uh, back to back to the question. Yeah. Also on Instagram, you can uh, follow along. We've started. Emma has created some fun um, templates for your yes, story. Yes, I have. And more are coming. I'm excited. I love a this or that situation. Yes. I love telling the world about myself. Yes. Which is why we have a podcast. Yes. Um, so check that out. Screenshot it. Tag us. Are you a Jersey Devil or are you Mothman? We both turned out to be Mothman. We're both Mothman. Maybe that's why it's so chaotic on this podcast. Yeah. But it definitely is. <laughs> such is life. Follow us on TikTok, too. That's coming. More is coming. Write us a review. Send us an email. This podcast doesn't exist at gmail.com. We're everywhere, y'all. If you just type in this podcast doesn't exist into Google, we're the first five results. So just go ahead and click through it. I love that we just went on a whole Facebook tangent, and then you're like, we're everywhere. We're not on Facebook. Oh, yeah, we're not on Facebook. (laughs) Don't find us. There's no reason at this point. Most of you that listen are friends with us, us, the hosts, on Facebook. But someday, maybe. If I I have a feeling that if anybody really does want to create a Facebook in order to do anything with it for us, they will be the administrators, and we will just be waving from the sidelines. See that that sounds like bad management on my from my end. From my marketing. You get to take end. you get to take care of the Facebook yeah. stuff then cuz okay. I have no interest. <laughs> it's fine. Or I'm not we, even on Facebook. Or anymore. we hire or we we enlist lean modmins. So like admin uh moderators. Moderators. I was like where does that word come from? I know I didn't make it up. It's it's Mothman's mom's name. Ma all right. Anyway. All right. So you get a you get full points for your first question. Yay. I won. <laughs> I won it. It's like you can tell that I knew we were going to get off track because in my notes I say, all right, now back to the main event. <laughs> Emma. Yeah. My dear co-host. Yes. Bachelor and Master of English. Uh-oh. Please name the source of the following lines. Crap. Fair is foul and foul is fair. Hover through the fog and filthy air. Is it Shakespearean? It is. Would you like a secondary option? Yes, please. Double, double, toilet oh, trouble. Doing... Fire burn and cauldron bubble. Are we doing the Scottish play? We are. <laughs> so, yes, in case you are not familiar, uh, that first line is from Act 1, Scene 1, and the second one is Act 4, Scene 1 of The Tragedy of Macbeth by former pod topic William Shakespeare. <laughs> so get that on your bingo card. So while these lines have become rather famous on their own, could they perhaps be the source of an infamous theater curse? Ooh, yes. My answer is yes. 
All right. <laughs> Podcast done. Bye. Bye. Summary. For those of you who were dozing off in your high school English classes, here's a quick recap of the play. A brave Scottish general named Macbeth receives a prophecy from a trio of witches that one day he will become King of Scotland. Consumed by ambition and spurred to action by his wife, Macbeth murders King Duncan and takes the Scottish throne for himself. He is then racked with guilt and paranoia. His wife suffers a bit of a mental breakdown. Lots of people die, including Macbeth himself. And scene. That's the play. So, we're going to do a little bit of background in general. Uh, And in general, theater people tend to be a rather superstitious folk, I would say. Uh, yeah. Do you have any, like, niche traditions or, like, rituals that you or, like, theaters you've been a part of have to do? Well, there was the one thing that uh, we did at Sweetbriar where right before the show would go on, we would stand in a gigantic circle on stage Mm -hmm. and it would start with the director who had a coin Mm -hmm. and it would be like, you know, this, this person has done, you know, this, 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 and this, and they are holding on to the coin tonight. And you would basically be like, really good job. Like, it's kind of like a reward for like doing really well, but it's also like a good luck talisman of like, we trust that you will continue to do well and, right. you know, hold and on you'd to ha- it. Yeah, wear, you'd, wear it on your costume. You'd have to hide it somewhere, which if your costume had pockets was great. Oh, yeah. But if not, you had to, like, stick it in a shoe. Or, when we did Brindabar, I had to put it in my shoe because I didn't have pockets in that dress. Sorry. It's ridiculous. Um, and we also had a... Uh, so the coin... Which, depending on the size of the cast, sometimes Dr. Kirshner. It was usually Dr. Kirshner. I feel like even when he wasn't directing the play, like, he was He just there. popped up. Yeah. He was like, hello, I am the head of the department. I, I have the coin. <laughs> but it, it's an English, like, a shilling. Like, an old yeah. English coin. So I don't know if the idea is, like, money, actors, good luck. Yeah. Something. But then we also had a tech shilling. Which was like a washer with some um, yeah. gaff tape around it. I so remember that. it would go, and then the next night, you would give it to another actor or Jackie. Yeah. If you had so the coin, you'd pass it along. Yeah. And I feel like a tradition that happens in a lot of casts is the, like, pass the pulse energy thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, you know, you're standing in a circle, and then <laughs> Dr. Kirshner, he would either do it or he'd be like, you, you get to go. <laughs> and then you would... Squeeze the hand of the person next to you, and you're all... Sp- in some variations, I feel like you have your eyes closed, so you're, like, focusing only, yeah. on the energy, yeah. and then in others, you're it doesn't gonna, matter, but yeah. then it's, like... My favorite is when the pulse gets dropped, because then everyone freaks out. They're like, no, we have to do it again, like, superstition-wise. Like, it it doesn't mean anything. It, it might mean you're not really focused, which could be bad, but just superstition-wise. Yeah. So there's uh, a TV show called Black Adder um, with Rowan Atkinson, and my parents love this television show, and they used to watch it all the time when I was a kid, and there is a, because each season goes through a different decade in history, and so there's a a season of Elizabethan, and they talk about Shakespeare and all of this, and there are these two actors who come to the Queen's Court to put on a play or something. And Blackadder, Rowan Atkinson's character, he says Macbeth, and these two actors, like, 
freak out and then do this weird like handshake thing that ends with them tweaking each other's noses between their two fingers mm. and they like freak like they they just freak out anytime anyone says Macbeth they like have to do this weird like thing and so that's what makes me that's what it makes me think of I feel like the 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 shilling and the energy pulse are the two off the top of my head that are at the forefront of my brain yeah I don't really have any others that are like right there yeah there are some more general ones that I feel like are more widely spread around, uh, such as that you don't tell an actor good luck. Nope. You tell them to break a leg. And the reason for this, I learned because I was the paint and patches historian back in the day. I made a bulletin board. It was beautiful. Uh, is that you are not actually wishing bodily harm on the actor. Instead, it comes from like the vaudeville times where you would just show up and they didn't know how many acts they needed because sometimes someone would go on stage and they would bomb and they'd get, you know, taken off the stage after a minute. Or some people would go on for 10 minutes, that kind of thing. So they would just have a bunch of acts in the green room, which may or may not be green. At Sweetbriar, it is actually green. Uh, Most of the time it's not. But then uh, break a leg, you're telling someone to break the leg of the curtain, which are those little short curtains that hide the wings from the audience. And if you broke the leg, that meant you got on stage and they had to pay you. Yep. So you're telling someone to get paid. But my favorite is when they're like, break a leg, get some crutches. And you're like, that's not what that means. <laughs> or like, I feel like in high school, I was so dramatic. Like if my parents or somebody would be like, good luck. I was like, do you want me to fail? <laughs> like, That sounds exactly like you. <laughs> like, but like in on the joke, not actually. Oh no, no, I was no. not, not seriously. But like about it, but sharp. <laughs> uh, another superstition is the ghost light. I've heard two versions of it. Either one, you're putting up the light to keep the ghosts away, like ghosts can only come when it's completely dark. Or, and I like this version better, you're putting up the ghost light so that the ghosts of the theater can put on their plays by the like. Oh, I by love the light that. Of the ghost light. But it. In reality, it's just safety, because if the theater is dark and there's a set on stage, you need to put a ghost light on stage so no one trips and hurts themselves. I feel like we didn't have a ghost light as we were. I was just trying to think through it. I don't think so. But yeah, I think... It was either the work lights and or the auditorium lights were always on, so it wasn't as much a safety situation. But yeah, we didn't have a ghost light, ghost light. And we didn't have one in the black box. But the black box had, like, you literally just leaned over and light switch. Right. Or there so. were, like, windows to yeah. the outside. But I'm, now I'm like, man, a bunch of stuff went wrong with my uh, senior directing project. <laughs> Maybe we should have had a ghost light. Maybe it was the ghosts, not the faulty air conditioning system that has decided to rain all over my set. It's fine. <laughs> and then another superstition in the theater is to not whistle. Because that's apparently, like, bad luck. But again, it's more safety. Because they would have former sailors as, like, the tech crew Mm -hmm. running ropes. And they would use whistles to communicate with each other. So if you whistled as an actor, they might be like, oh, time to bring in this fly. And then you get bonked on the head by a set piece. There's that. I love the idea, though, that Navy men just, like, you know, on the off-season... Right. Or whatever. Or just, like, the theater manager was like, you, you look big and strong. (laughs) Come over here. You want a job? (laughs) Can you tie a knot? Can you tie a knot? Uh, but the main one on the jacket today, of course, is 
to avoid speaking the name of the Scottish play inside a theater unless it is in the context of a rehearsal or performance of the play itself. I'm going to say right now, this is not a theater. It's my house. It's my guest room. Yep. So I don't think we're welcoming any bad, bad juju. Because uh, I I don't anticipate us putting on a play inside this house anytime soon. I don't either. So we're just going to risk so, it. Okay. We're Macbeth, gonna... Macbeth, Macbeth. <laughs> uh, so it's also referred to as the Bard's Play, Mackers, or Mac B. My favorite is Mackers. <laughs> Mackers. Uh, as workarounds. And here's an interesting fact from David Bellwood, who at the time of the article that I was reading, was the access manager at Shakespeare's Globe. And it's via a Penguin, um, like Penguin Random House blog article that's in the show notes. But here's a little quote from David Bellwood. When we workshopped a short version of Macbeth in British Sign Language, I asked, what's Macbeth in BSL? Interestingly, it is the same as the sign for Scotland. So even though the superstition isn't transmitted orally to deaf actors, the title is censored in the language itself. The deaf actors I know have used the term the Scottish play rather than Macbeth. That's fascinating. Right? That they're I like, no, nope, we're not risking it. We're just going to say it's, Scotland. <laughs> it's the most British possible thing that you could do. That In BSL, they're like, you know what? We're not even going to risk it. <laughs> we're just going to... Nope. We're just going to say Scotland. Yeah. So I wonder if that's ju- if it's the same, like if it's just in rehearsals and then in the actual play, would they like fingerspell Macbeth as a name or like give him a name sign? I'm not sure. But I wonder too but if the cool. understanding is Macbeth whenever is it whenever they sign Scotland or Scottish. Right. I guess in context it would make yeah. sense. Unless it's like <laughs> Macbeth, King of Scotland, you're just like Scotland, Scotland, King of Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But why? But why don't we say it? I'm going to tell you, Emma. Okay. We're going to talk about the curse. (laughs) But first, because it's me, we're going to go and get a little historical background. (laughs) So, history indicates that King James I of England took quite an interest in the supernatural. First of all, his mother, Mary, Queen of Scots, was violently executed in 1587, which it was probably pretty traumatic. Oh, yeah. And then uh, here's a little blurb from the Royal Shakespeare Company. Later, in 1589, when James was sailing back to Scotland from Denmark with his new wife, Anne, their ship encountered violent storms at sea and they were nearly drowned. The Scottish king blamed the evil spells of witches for conjuring the storm and following his return to Scotland, ordered a witch hunt in the coastal town of North Berwick. He later wrote a book called Daemonology, a treatise on witchcraft to further inspire persecution against witches. So helpful. I feel like he would have been a fun guest to have on the pod. Or not. I mean, it would have been interesting, but he probably would have looked at the two of us and gone, you're wearing pants? Witches! Witches! That's fair. And it's important to note all of that background because it's believed that Shakespeare, whoever he slash she slash they may have been, 
purposely included supernatural details in his script as a nod to King James' interest. That would make sense. James came to the English throne in 1603, and Macbeth was written and performed in 1606, so shortly thereafter. King James was also the patron of the Bard's Troop, which was aptly named The King's Men. And it's also notable that the drama that unfolds in the play is around surrounding the throne of Scotland, directly referencing King James' lineage and one of his ancestors, Banquo. Oh. It is interesting, though, because Banquo 100% eats it in the play. Like, he gets murdered. (laughs) So, interesting choice, Shakespeare, that you were doing that. But I guess if that was, like, historical fact or, you know, legend. Anyway, the king... However, allegedly despised the violence and the regicide depicted in the play so vehemently that he banned it from being performed in court. Lol. Ever again. Uh, Not a very auspicious start. (laughs) Auspicious start. You know, when I say stuff like that, I feel like people think I'm just, like, copying and pasting. But, like, I wrote that. Did I practice saying it? No. No. Um, Not a very auspicious start (laughs) for such an iconic play. Are you laughing at how my mouth got really small? Yeah, it got so small. <laughs> oh, so you could, you could stop it from doing whatever you didn't want Look, it to do. Look, it gets out of control sometimes. <laughs> Shakespeare was also said to have researched the weird sisters, so the, the witches, in depth. Their chants in Macbeth and the ingredients of Fenny Snake, Eye of Newt, and Choa Frog are supposedly real spells. Mm. And here's another little blurb from Penguin, which is so fascinating to me, but it's such a nerdy thing. So, the idea may have been fueled by the fact that the witch's verse is written in tetrameter with four rhythmic feet to each line. As Shakespeare's verse usually uses pentameter, it's unusual and sounds a bit witchy, says David Bellwood. We heard from him earlier. Uh, Some academics think this indicates that the scenes were not written by Shakespeare, though no one has yet found evidence that their true authors were witches. (laughs) Which I love. That's Um, great. But this use of quote-unquote real magic allegedly ticked off some real practitioners of the craft for daring to use it for entertainment at all and or because the spells included in the play were incomplete. Oh. Either way, they supposedly cast a real curse upon the play for all eternity. <laughs> now we're going to talk about some incidents. Oh! <laughs> so this alleged curse kicked in incredibly quickly, or so it may seem. According to theater lore, the boy cast as Lady Macbeth in the original production. Which I love. I'm so sorry. Yes, reminder... Uh, women weren't allowed to be on stage. It was indecent. So ladies and girls were played by young boys. Yes. So that they looked like women because they had... And they sounded like them too. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't really have any, any, uh, facial hair and their voices were really high. Yeah. Which comes in handy for plays where women are dressing up as men. Yeah. Uh. Of which there's a lot, there's a lot of cross-dressing. Oh. In Shakespeare. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a fun time. But feel free to continue. Oh, so yes. sorry. Okay. I felt like there was a, that needed to be explained. <laughs> That's fair. I forget that 
that maybe isn't common knowledge for everyone. So, according to theater lore, the boy cast as Lady Macbeth in the original production fell ill and died right before going on stage. With no one else to play the part, Shakespeare himself had to step in and play Lady Macbeth. Do you think he had to hold his notes to remember what her lines were? I mean, maybe. We don't know. Because <laughs> uh, wasn't even him? Or what, did someone else write the lines? Did please he see dress ep- up? Please see episode, what is it, like three? Episode yeah. three. <laughs> Taking it way back. However, this particular instance turned out to be a myth. Okay. Conjured up by the 19th and 20th century cartoonist and critic Max Beerbaum. And this is another little quote from the Penguin article. He made up a story that the actor playing Lady Macbeth in the first production had died. It was a parody of the way scholars take evidence from the period of what George Bernard Shaw called bardology. (laughs) But everyone believed it, and that's where the myth of bad luck began. So, even though that's not true, we've all bought in. We're into it all the way. In a 1672 production in Amsterdam, the actor playing King Duncan was allegedly killed in front of a live live audience when a real dagger was used in place of the stage prop during the stabbing scene. Uh Uh-oh. Check your props! Also, what does a dagger stage prop from the 1600s look like? I don't know. Is does, it wood? Is it retractable? Like, did they have? Did they do that? I don't know. Now I'm excited about the history of stage props. Well, stay tuned for our spinoff podcast, Nerding <laughs> Out with Emma and Shan. Productions of the play have also been the center of audience riots. Oh, golly. Including one in 1721 at Lincoln's Inn Fields Theater and another in 1772 at Covent Garden. Uh Uh-oh. You know the English. They get real rowdy when it comes to Shakespeare. It's a butt fight. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Have I told you that story? I believe so. Okay. Do you want to tell the audience the story? Well, it involves Tom King. <laughs> ah, you missed him. He's been gone for the last He's couple gone weeks. gone for so long. Hi, John. We haven't forgotten about Hello. you. Hello. But Archie's, Archie's best friend is Tom's older brother. And we went to England to go to his older brother's wedding. And I we were not married yet, Archie and I. But we were staying at their parents' house. This right outside of London. And it was the day after the wedding, so Dave and Jenny were already off on their honeymoon. And me and the like rest of the family and the people who were staying in the house were just sitting around talking and having a good time. And Tom was being told by his mom that he had to go to Covent Garden to drop off the tuxedos. And <laughs> Tom was like, well, if we go... If, if I go, like, right now, like, I have to drive all the way in, and it's going to be a total bun fight. And me and his cousin, Fee, were, like, a bum fight. Like, we heard B-U-M instead of B-U-N, because it's supposed to be, like, the etymology of it is, like, a fight over bread. Like, you know, you're A all... valid fight. Yeah. Whereas she and I heard a bum fight. And he, Tom, you and your mom were saying this like, back and forth to each other. So every time it got said, we would just start cracking up. And we're, like, 
the only two people in the room who are doing this. There's a lot of people in this okay, room. Okay, but Dr. Kirshner always says that repetition builds humor. It's so funny. <laughs> it was so funny. We just kept looking at each other going, bum fight. And eventually, Mrs. King looked at us and went, what is wrong with you two? Are you okay? And we, we threw, through our laughter, went, bum fight. She goes, you idiots. <laughs> not bum fight it's bun fight and hearing sarah king say you idiots to me has to be one of my very favorite memories core memory it is a core memory i love it so much tom your mom is amazing a delight i love your family but this is such a core piece of who i am right now i can't not think of it every time i hear covent garden that's what i think of Fight. A bum fight. So it was a total bum fight in Covent Garden. Yes, about the Scottish play. About the Scottish yes. play. They didn't give any more context of, like, they were upset by the content of the play or the performance was bad. Oh, they were just rioting? They were, yeah. I feel like sometimes a riot just needs an excuse. Yeah, that's fair. You know, see any group of sad dudes after their team loses a sports match. Yep. A lot of people die in those. Yeah, we don't need to set things on fire, guys. Yeah, Philadelphia. Anyway. Um, or Pittsburgh. Which one is it? I don't know. Anyway. I just... People can't be trusted. That's that's a fair statement. <laughs> Here's another little blurb from Penguin. It's a really good article. As uh, you uh, yeah, can tell. obviously. As you can tell. In 1849, a much-loved English actor-manager named William McCready was touring in Macbeth in America. He had developed a rivalry with an American actor named Edwin Forrest, who was equally well-loved in America and starring in another version of Macbeth. Oh, golly. When McCready went to perform at the Astor Opera House in New York, Forrest's supporters showed up. The performance had to be heavily policed. McCready went on stage and riots broke out. Soldiers fired into the crowd. About oh. 20 people died. Oh my God, why? <laughs> why imagine, would you fire? Imagine being so obsessed with an actor that you were like, no one can do this better. You suck. <laughs> you bought a ticket to get into the other yeah. guy's show. I just... Also... The 1840s. You crazy also times. had to be, like... If you're going to the theater and you have the money to spend in order to basically try and yell a guy off the stage, to heckle. like you're if you're spending that kind of money, you have that kind of money to spend. So like, what? <laughs> Definitely not working class. Look, I don't know how expensive a ticket was in 1849. I'm sure it was like probably a $2 lot dollars, which equals ten thousand dollars today. Right. 800 pounds. Um, it's said, there are no specific instances for this one, but it's said that actresses who portrayed Lady M were at times chased out of theaters due to audiences believing they were real killers. <laughs> Which, first of all, if my knowledge serves me correctly, Lady M doesn't actually commit murder. She just coerces other people into doing it for her. Yeah, and which is why she goes through the mental breakdown of out damn spot yeah. when she truly doesn't have anything on her hands. Yeah. I I will... I wrote in this tangent of 
related to this, but I just love it when little kids will, like, boo the villain during the bows. Yeah. Because that just means, especially if you're the actor, that just means you did such a good job yeah. that they're like, no, you suck, you're Captain Hook, boo. Yeah. And I just... So, tangent, tangent. Formative theater experience. I went to see Kathy Rigby as Peter Pan in maybe, like, fourth grade, and it was amazing. And so I immediately was like, Dad, I need the DVD. I need to be able to watch this again. But I just love in, like, behind-the-scenes interviews, the guy that's playing Captain Hook, he's talking about... Uh, in one of his songs, in Captain Hook's songs, he goes, I am the greatest villain of all time. And there's like a pause. And at one point, at one of his shows, this little kid from like the first couple rows was like, that's what you think. <laughs> and you just have to like hold that. And But I feel like he, he said that he like broke the fourth wall to be like, or, like, something, like, in character, but still. Good. That's so good. But I just, I love that. That's that what you think. People think, they were like, wow, Lady M, she's terrible. I love um, that. I love that she's chased out of the theater, though. It doesn't say that the actress who played Macbeth was chased out of the theater well, for being killer. She's, she's a woman. Yeah. She's manipulative. Manipulating. She's a witch. Anywho. I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. Correct. I well got done. it. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so that was no specific year for that one. But now we're into the 1900s. Theater manager Lillian Bayless died on the night of the dress rehearsal for the Old Vic's 1937 production starring Laurence Olivier. Oh. He's a very big deal. For those of you who don't know, like here in America, we have the Tony Awards and then they have like the Olivier that they give away. It's very prestigious. Um, a falling stage weight, just missed landing on Olivier. Then, the director and the actress playing Lady Macbeth were involved in a car crash. This is all the night before the show. Oh my gosh. The play's opening was postponed, luckily. Duh. And uh, But on the first night, Bayliss's portrait fell off the theater wall. Uh. So the, the manager that died on during, uh, well not during the dress rehearsal, but on the night of the dress rehearsal... Um, they also apparently used real weapons in the production, and the tip of a dagger flew off into the audience, giving someone a literal heart attack. Oh my gosh! So nineteen thirty-seven. Whose choice? Who? Whose choice was it to do real weapons as props? To generalize, a, a man. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Shelby has, wouldn't have done it that. It has to feel more real. Shelby wouldn't have done that. She would never. I would never. Nope. Safe combat only, my friends. In 1942, three actors died during the run of the Piccadilly Theatre's version of the Scottish play, starring John Gilgood. The costume designer also committed suicide. Oh. Charlton Heston oh. played Macbeth in 19... 19- 53, and suffered severe burns to his legs during the show. It was later discovered that his tights had been mysteriously soaked in kerosene. <laughs> that doesn't feel like a curse as That's much as... Sabotage! Sabotage! <laughs> uh, what, in, I, okay. 
Don't ask for more details. I don't have them. Well, kerosene was used as waterproofing before they realized just how flammable it was. LOL. I mean, they knew it was flammable, but they also were like, this also is waterproof, so we'll put it on things like circus tents. And that turned out to be a disaster for a lot of reasons. So, like, maybe, like, why would they need to waterproof tights? That's my only reasoning for it to be, like, a possible, like, maybe it wasn't sabotage. Uh, But, still. I don't know. It's very weird. I don't know. Moving on. On December 2nd, 1964, a fire burned down the National Theater in Lisbon, Portugal. I bet you can guess what play they were putting on at the time. Macbeth? Yes. And then (laughs) I wrote in my notes, I love this one so much. (laughs) It's also a nice change of pace from all the actual, like, violence and not great things. In 1980... A production of Macbeth at the Old Vic, starring Peter O'Toole, oh. often referred to as Macdeath, was performed. It was reviewed so badly that the theater company disbanded shortly after the play. Oh, that's so. <laughs> Imagine sad. being in a show that's so bad that your you like your group breaks up. You're like, we're done. We're done. We're out. We're oh no. <laughs> nope. That's so sad. Yeah. So. What about, let's talk about some reasoning. What could, what could be going on, actually? I will point out that it being a tragedy, there are a fair number of scenes involving staged violence. Yeah. Which always ups the ante in terms of accidents. Yeah. So, two summers ago, Emma and I were in a production of Newsies. Yep. It was really fun. Yes, it was. Uh, I was also the fight captain for that show. So, it was very hilarious, because Emma and I were some of the only people in the cast that had to do actual, like, hair and makeup. Everyone, a lot of the Newsies just got to, like, put some dirt on themselves. And put on a newsboy cap. Yeah, and be like, I'm... Rumpled. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but so we would go out, and Emma was my, because we had three fights all happening at the same time, so she was my eyes on one side, and then I had someone else on the other side, because I can't look at everyone at once no. during fight call. But I just loved, I wish we had pictures, because I feel like everyone was already in costume, but you and I would be, like, half-dressed. Yeah. Wearing, like, sweatshirts, or, like, I would be, like, in my <laughs> gown with my hair half done, being, like... Punch him better. <laughs> Do it. Slow down. Do it again. But I just remember, it was, was it the last weekend of the show? Or I like. I don't know. <laughs> I'm watching the center fight, which was the most intense because it had primarily all oh, adults Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about and now. And then yes, I it just, was the out last... of my per- peripheral vision, two of these uh, younger teens, um, you know, maybe they were like 14, 15, Two of them come up to me, and they were like, Shannon? And I was like, hold on. Like, not realizing what was going on. <laughs> Just watching the fight. And then we finished, and the one, the one had, like, hit the other kid in the face, and he had, like, a bloody lip. And I was like, oh, my gosh. But that's, but they were both, like, good kids. Yeah, they were very, I, I remember Conscientious. This. It was, it, they handled it very well, and they were also both, like, we know what happened, we know what we did, and we won't do it again. We won't do it again. But yeah, it there it's there's always there's always the possibility yes. that something is gonna go wrong. Yes, and I share that because they weren't goofing off and something still happened. Yeah. So 
And this was like the fi- you were right. It was the final weekend because it was like complacency. I think it was like the like maybe the third to last show or yeah. something like that. So constant vigilance. <laughs> I'm I miss fighting people on stage. You can fight me. It's not the same. I know you're very small, but I can take things well. <laughs> and I fake. make I make good naps. <laughs> yes. Um, can I, this isn't related to, like, accidents happening, but can I tell you a little fight story uh, related to Macbeth? Yeah. So when I was in college, I think it was between sophomore and junior year, I was in a production, which I can only describe as, like, a fight cabaret, in that when you go to a cabaret, you expect to hear songs out of context from a yeah, bunch yeah, of yeah. different plays. And this was a combat focused show with scenes from different Shakespeare shows. So we, we didn't really have a, it wasn't like a through line of like, these characters are all together. Like we had a a child play Puck and they wrote her some like interstitial, um, you know, little verse to get us from scene to scene. And some of them were comedic. Like there's a wrestling match from As You Like It that's pretty funny. But we did the opening battle of Macbeth, which isn't traditionally a thing. Usually we just start the play. Yeah, right after the battle. Like, well, there are witches, but then we start with the the soldier coming and reporting exactly. all the stuff that happened. But what what's the fun in that? So we, we did some of that, but then we also did the scene where Banquo eats it because there are three murderers. Yeah. But I loved it because there was myself, like a moderately sized, average sized woman, a large man, like a just large, broad man. And then Katie is <laughs> like, it, she's like, she could play Peter she's, Pan. I was she's a say, little she's bit petite. She's a little taller, but like, <laughs> but I just love it because it, you know, it starts out with like, we have some dialogue at the beginning, which I am not a steel trap, so I don't remember it at all. But we're kind of like plotting and then we all hide in different places. Bankwell comes out and, you know, he hears something and he says something about like rain or whatever. And the only reason that I remember that is because Katie had the line that started the fight, which was, then let it come down. <laughs> and it, the way we had it, this stage had scaffolding all around it um, that created the wings because it, they built this theater in like a normal room, but yeah. it was sort of like a black box. But so she like, she was standing on one of the joints of the scaffolding hanging off of it. And then she just like jumps and like hits him with her flashlight. And it's just such a good memory because she's so small. Yeah. And it was like, then let it come down. And you're just like, ah, it's so good. And then I also learned a really fun trick, which I haven't had the, the need to use. And it would, it's better in like, smaller fights like that. Like, I wouldn't have used it in Newsies because there were 30 people on stage. Yeah. There was a lot going on. But at the end, um, the big guy, like, gets Banquo on his knees, puts his hands on his head, and then, like, essentially snaps his neck, which is a very easy just, like, head turn. But backstage, we had somebody with a piece of dried pasta in their teeth next to a microphone. So then it was like, line, 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 beat, crack. Because they would, like, bite down on it so that you could, like, hear the... Oh, that's so good. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. Which, like, we had to do the microphone because the fight was, like, long enough that the pasta would have gotten, like, not as, you know. And there wasn't a moment for him to, like, slip it in. But 
Such a cool move. I love stage combat. I miss fighting people. Um, if you have a protection of Newsies and you need a fight, I already have one. I've already, I've reused it once already. So let's go. <laughs> anyway, back to the reasoning of what, what this curse could mean and, and all that jazz. Uh, it's also one of Shakespeare's most popular plays and typically runs for a longer period of time in a theater than, say, Cymbeline. Yeah, or Winter's Tale. Troilus and Cressida. You know, people don't really know those, so they're not necessarily going to go to yeah, see it they if know, they're not Shakespeare nerds. They know Romeo and Juliet, Macbeth, and Hamlet. Like, yeah. Those are, the, those are the major ones. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, or, like, Much Ado. I love Much Ado. Me too. It's so good. But, statistically speaking, if you have more performances... There are more opportunities for accidents to to happen. Yeah. Things to go wrong. And then I also feel like it's a compounding effect of the fact that this curse around this play exists. So people are more likely to tally up mishaps or accidents and point to that as a cause. Specifically when you're working on the Scottish play, but I feel like also... It can be one of those things, you know, someone lets it slip in the green room before the show and then something goes wrong. It's like, oh, well, so-and-so. Not, oh, I spaced out for a second and I forgot my... Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Accountability. Who needs it? There's a curse. (laughs) And then I I hadn't really given this one much thought, but I think it's fun. Uh, One hypothesis for the origin of this superstition is that Macbeth, being a popular play was commonly put on by theaters in financial trouble Uh or that because it's so popular, it has a higher production cost um, that would put theaters in trouble. So there's an association between a production of Macbeth and theaters going out of business. So either like you're doing Macbeth because you have no money or you did Macbeth. So you now spent all your money, (laughs) which I think is funny. That's fascinating, though. I wouldn't have thought about that. Yeah. Because it is a big, it is a big production because it has a lot of people and a lot of moving parts in it. Yeah. But, I mean, you really could, you really could just, like, with no set. Well, a lot of people did, I mean, our high school, um, Shakespeare Troupe did it, and I don't recall there being a lot of set. There were platforms to create, you know, levels, but I do remember... And I appreciate our high school for doing this because I was like... The fact that your high school had a Shakespeare troupe. Oh, Mama Hench was awesome. But I appreciate our administration because whenever, whether it was the Shakespeare production, the musical, or like the band and choir orchestra stuff, they would always have assemblies and kind of force the students to watch at least part of it. Yeah. Which I was like, good, because if you're going to make me go to a pep rally for a sports team that sucks and I don't care about... Then you should also force Culture. everyone else to watch the show that people have been working on for, like, two months. Right. But I also, I for this production specifically, I remember, I think I was in the first assembly. In the play Macbeth, Macduff is a character, and his entire family, including his children, get murdered. Yeah. And we had, I think the two oldest children, we just had, like, short high schoolers. But then we had a middle schooler as, like, the youngest boy. And they got murdered on stage. in You know, in a safe way. But I remember hearing that for the second assembly, because the first assembly was, like, seniors and sophomores. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. other You know, however they did it. But for the second assembly, they made them, like, 
cut to black when, like, the daggers were being whatever. And I was like, really? Really? You guys? It's <laughs> not that dramatic. Um, I mean, it's it also, is dramatic. But, but it's like, also, like, it's Shakespeare. Everyone here knows that it's not real. It's right? It's as if it's actually graphic. No! Anyway, I just... School administration cracks me up. Okay, but Emma. Yes. So what happens if you say the M word? Is all hope lost? No, you're in luck. There's a cleansing ritual. Is it the nose tweak, like, handshake thing? No. Okay. I, I saw nothing about that in my research. Okay. That must have been very specific. So most variations include something similar to the following. Okay. You exit the theater. You spin around three times, you spit, and then you curse. Or you say a line from another Shakespeare play. Oh. Which I feel like I'm really bad at remembering lines, so I would just spit around and then be like, bleep! <laughs> <laughs> Some variations require you to run around the theater itself three times instead oh. of spinning. Can you imagine if you did it in the green room and it's like, Five minutes to to places, and you're like, you're like I'm in costume. You're like Cheryl, hold on, and makeup. I mean, I feel like in those circumstances, hopefully, whoever it was would allow you to do the spin variation. But I feel like it really depends because some people are really intense about it. Yeah, I'm definitely in the camp of like, like I don't say it because I know it bothers other people. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily believe anything, but I'm like, it's fun. That's yeah. I love the, like, traditions and weird things about theater, so I'm like, sure. Also, in the vein of Robert the Doll, I'd rather be safe than sorry. Exactly. Yes. Very true. And then some variations of this require the actor or techie in question to then knock on the theater door to be allowed back in. <laughs> and one of the sources... One of the sources noted that this could be helpful in teaching repeat offenders a lesson like <laughs> if it's cold outside you're like yeah. no this is your third time this week you stand outside <laughs> i really like that yeah it's a fun time so if you do happen to say it in a theater you can fix it i don't know if it counts also if you're an audience member or only if you're a performer my guess would be that it would have to be noticed by someone else yeah who would be able to be like you need now need to like go and spin around or whatever. I did in the Instagram photos. There is a photo from an audience sign that says we we request that you refrain from saying the name of the production. That's so cute. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Please check out the Instagram. Most of the photos are from the Royal Shakespeare Company, which hopefully they don't yell at me because I'm counting this as like personal uh, enjoyment. I'm not making money off of this, and I've given them credit. But it's really cool, because I pulled production uh, production photos from, like, all these different years of um, productions of Macbeth, and it's really cool, because some, some of them get really weird. <laughs> You're like, okay, you guys had a concept for this production. I love when they take Shakespearean shows, and they make them distinctly, like, not like they're they're in a completely they're like, different. Now it takes place in space. <laughs> yeah, and like in completely different like area or era. So I saw a production of Julius Caesar at William and Mary that was done as if everyone was in a psych ward. Oh, and so Julius Caesar was just the most popular patient. Mm-hmm. And what's his name? Brutus. Oh, okay. I was like <laughs> Mark Antony. <laughs> no, Brutus uh, was 
being basically haunted by the uh, guy who convinces him to kill Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. So it's like the person, like Brutus, the person who played Brutus was supposedly supposed to have like schizophrenia mm-hmm. um, or something like that. So I found that completely fascinating. But then we've seen too, we went to see Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. and it was like political rivals. Like the, one was yeah. Republican, one like was election Democrat. Stuff. But also Juliet was blind. Yeah. There were a lot of concepts in that. There was a lot, but Mercutio was great. Yes. That fight scene was also incredible. <laughs> we're good. There was like an, an anger kiss. It was it was weirdly great. It was great. I did look at uh, different productions other than Macbeth in the Royal Shakespeare. You can go and look at all, it like browse all of their images. It's great. But there was a production of Romeo and Juliet from like 2000 something where I like hovered and it was like Mercutio and I was like, oh. I have a crush on Mercutio. What else is new? Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta go. I did just have a recovered memory, because you were talking about, like, people being haunted, and that happens in Macbeth. Like, Banquo comes back and is like, yo, you murdered me. You won't be king, or whatever. Yeah. And I just remember for the production, again, I wasn't in it, but, like, a lot of my friends were in it, and, like, we shared theater spaces, so I did other productions or, like, show choir things in the theater where they performed Macbeth. And they had Banquo come back, like, covered in stage blood. Which, if you've never worked with stage blood, it's essentially very red-colored uh, corn syrup. So it's incredibly sticky. Yeah. And we would just find, like, you'd, you'd be backstage and you'd, like, lean against something. And then you'd be like, eh, what is... It's like the table at a Waffle House. Like, Literally. Yeah, you can't you can't Literally. get away from the stick. Well, <laughs> again, wasn't in the production, but a lot of friends were involved at Gamut Theater Group in Harrisburg, uh, which is where I did the fight show. But they put on a production of Coriolanus, which, again, is one that doesn't get done as much. It's very long. Yeah. The play had two intermissions. Yeah. I was like, I'm here for Tom Weaver. And my other friends in the production. <laughs> because otherwise. Woo! But he he's like a general. And like he has this big battle. But he comes on stage literally like. And it's not just like his hands and his face. It's like the button down shirt is open. And like there is blood everywhere. But then apparently. <laughs> what would happen after that scene. Is that you know he'd make his dramatic exit. <laughs> and then they had like a kiddie pool backstage. <laughs> and there were people who had to like. Washcloth him off. And it was, like, a whole choreography of, like, getting... Because then he has to come back as, like, pressed and polished, like, not after intermission. I And there was, like, dish soap, and I was like, wow. That's hilarious. You guys got incredibly close. Incredibly comfortable with one another. Yep. I <laughs> have that's I the have, joy of theater. I have bathed my friend. I'm sorry, I'm a theater kid. Oh, that, oh, okay. that makes so much sense then. Oh, what? But yeah, so that's... The, the backstory of the curse of the Scottish play. Woo! Thank you, thank you, thank you, Shanana. Thank you. Uh, if you enjoyed yourself, or if you didn't, let us know. You can send us an email. This podcast doesn't exist at gmail.com. I want to know what your weird theater traditions are. Or, like, your sports traditions, because I know some people right. wear, like, jerseys, or, like, they only eat a certain snack right before, like... What are your weird superstitions for, for that kind of stuff? Yes. Let us know, because it's fascinating. If you are a performer, has anyone ever said the M word and then stuff went really wa- Really wrong? Really wrong. 
Uh, let us know. We want to know. That would be, I really, I, I really do want to know that too. So my mom's favorite musical is Jesus Christ Superstar. It, it makes complete sense because it's such a, <laughs> it's such a 70s, 80s thing. Mm-hmm. But apparently Jesus Christ Superstar also has a curse attached to it hmm. in that almost, uh, I think, I think it's been like maybe three people when Jesus Christ Superstar first started touring, three people who played Judas died on stage because they didn't correctly do the noose. Because in the in the show, Judas sings a song and then hangs himself from a tree. Mm-hmm. And then it goes directly into the next scene from the tree, and the tree gets pushed off stage, usually. Oh my god. And it has happened, I think it's like three times oh! that someone has accidentally basically killed themselves on stage and it, they don't realize it until they go to like push off the, the tree or like get him down and they're like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. So that's, there's other, there's, there's some other curses apparently. Check your freaking fracking props, my friends. Yeah, I mean, in Have every single a fight, Captain. In every single murder mystery show, there's always one episode at least that is like the gun was real, exactly, or it was like the knife. Who switched out the knife? I hate everything. I'm so as sorry. A, as a stage combat person, this stresses me out. It's like anytime I see interviews of like Tom Hiddleston, where interviewers are like, "Did she actually hit you?" and he's like, "Yeah," and I'm like. No! Wrong! Not safe! You should not have done that. You have a very expensive face, sir. You should not just let people slap you. A very expensive face. Okay, but imagine if, I mean, like, what if he got a scar from somebody wearing a ring or something? That's fair. It's like Owen Wilson having his now famous nose. Although he wouldn't have that nose unless someone had, like, crashed him over the face with a wine bottle. Well, and would he be... On the Disney Plus show Loki with Tom Hiddleston without that nose, the world will never know. Alternate timeline. He wouldn't be able to say, wow, in the same way. All right. Anyway, this is a whole lot of tangent town. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it. We are your mayors, your mayoresses. Uh, I like mayors. Okay. I was going to go Viscount. I'm the Viscount. I'm the Viscount of uh, tangent town. I want to be the Countess. All right. Great. Please make me a sash, somebody. I love that. And, yeah, you know all the stuff. So until next time, remember. remember. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast doesn't exist. (laughs) I didn't know if you wanted me to say it or not. I don't know. (sighs) At some point, we're going to both end up saying it at the same time. I remember. I remember. I remember.